2: She was um, voted by the student body to be the Wahine Mo'it and and, uh, what that means is that they had island dancers and singers from the other islands, the the Wahine and the Kani from different uh, islands. They were all up in her court and she goes to Roosevelt High School. Now, I've never been to one of these before and I thought, you know, I I probably wouldn't go. It's not that I like Hawaiian music or Hawaiian culture, it's because I don't have a reason to go but when Pat invited me, I thought, I'll try to do that, I'd like to connect. Well, he was waiting for me out front And he ushered me into the auditorium. And the place was absolutely packed with island people. In fact, um, I made a big mistake. I wore a white shirt and basically white pants. And I was the only Howley boy, I think, in the entire place, if you can imagine. I stuck out like a, well, I just stuck out like a piece of chalk, I guess. I don't know how to say it. And I have to tell you that... Pat and Letty and the family were there, and they ushered me in. They had a special seat. I didn't know what to to do. And being on the island and having a lot of people from the mainland come, we have seen a lot of Hawaiian music from the various luau's, and we've seen them downtown. But I have never experienced young people dance hula, sing, do all that they did. Not the hip jiggling Tahitian, you know, stuff. Really solid music. And after they got all finished... Then it was time for the Wahine and the Kani to do their dance, and he does his first, and then finally she does her dance. And Helena would not surprise us because this girl can dance. She does this pretty much full time, she does it for various places. She's sought after, she's been to uh, Japan and Korea and other places to dance with other troops, etc. So, she gets out there, and she, as good as everyone else was, she knocked them dead. I don't think she quit smiling the whole time, and she was so full of joy. When she was done, everybody cheered, and they were all excited. Well, then the moderator, which I believe was one of the faculty members from um, uh, Roosevelt, he then um, plays one of those off-the-cuff things, and he takes the microphone, and he says, we've never done this before, and we're going to start something new here, and we're going to start it with Helena. And so, Helena, I'm going to give you the microphone right now, and I want you to to just do this. And I know you haven't any thought. Here's the microphone. Who do you want to thank that helped you get to where you are today in life and in this very special celebration? She took the microphone and she smiled. And I think she was praying. I'm sure she would be. I know I would be. And she's looking at the group, collecting her thoughts. And then without batting an eye, without a quiver in her voice, with confidence but sweetness, she looked at the group and she said, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ. And then she went through her list. She says, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for my parents. I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for my family. I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for my kuma, the teacher that teaches the, the hula there in, in her halal. I want to thank the Lord for all these people that are behind me that were all up on the stage that were part of her uh, her court, I guess that would be a word. She said, I thank Jesus Christ for all, and I thank Jesus Christ for saving my soul. Now, you would think everybody would go, oh, wasn't that way. There was cheers and clapping, and, and so much stuff was going on because she gave that testimony. She didn't bat an eye. Now, I want you to know that while it was a very good thing that she thanked the people, to me, I have seen the most debauched movie stars do the same when they get those, uh, what do you call those statues? All right, I've, we've all seen that. But the difference with hers was the fact that she thanked Jesus Christ, God, for the people that God sovereignly placed in her life to get her where she was going. Now, I know that Helena's not perfect. Her mom and dad know it better than I do. But at this particular point in her walk with God, she got it right. She hit that ball right out of the ballpark. And so I would hope that wherever we are, and it's sometimes easy to do and all the spotlights are on you, but when someone opens a door for you, you thank that person and throw up a thank to the Lord that someone showed a little act of kindness to you. She did it right. So now I'd like to focus on the life of Christ because if this grateful spirit that we should have is a worship to him and all character is found in the person of Christ, then if Christ, was Christ a grateful person to God the Father? And yes, he was. So since Christ lives in me the hope of glory, then his thankfulness is inside of me now. And I'm going to release his thankfulness to God the Father. And there are three areas. There are many more in Scripture, but I I selected three for you and me to park on today and perhaps embrace in the person of Christ. So Jesus the Son thanked his heavenly Father because, number one, daily needs can be met. All of you can look at a time that God provided a daily need. And I'm so grateful for that. Look what Jesus said here. He said, How many loaves do you have And all the people? There were 4,000 Gentiles at this time. They hadn't eaten. So he looks over to his team and he says, Hey, guys, how many loaves do you have? Now underline that. Do you have? So he's asking, How many loaves that you own that are yours? And they said, Seven, and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them the multitude, and they all ate, and you know the rest of the story. That phrase, he gave thanks. It's interesting because it didn't say he gave thanks to the disciples. It just said he gave thanks. Now, if I just had that one verse there, we could play around with it saying, well, maybe he said thanks to the guy who handed him the fish. Maybe the two guys that brought the buckets of fish to him could have been maybe all the guys for giving up their fish, could have been to God. But when I take this story of Christ and I run it through the rest of the stuff that Jesus said thank you for, his object of thanksgiving was always God the Father. So, since it didn't simply say the disciples here, I'm going to assume then that I could go out on a limb that he was actually giving thanks to God the Father. What's interesting is the word thanks, blessing, and watch this now, grace, actually go together. How many of you are reared in a family that would say, okay, who's going to say grace today? Well, you know what you're really doing. You're saying thanks for the food. But you would say grace. Why? Because grace and thanksgiving and gift, all that's all wrapped up into one. How many of you been to a place and said, do they say the blessing? And you know what they meant, Did they bless the food. Well, they're not blessing no food. There's nothing in that food. You can bless the food and still get poisoning. All right? So what you're blessing now is God is the giver of what? The gift of food that I have for that moment, that need. He's given me the, the gift of the, to be able to chew it and swallow it. It's like one person only had two teeth in their mouth and were so excited. I thank God I only have two teeth. And they like, why are you so glad you got two teeth in your mouth? Because they both meet in the same place. I'm going to tell you, that is something to be thankful for. But in this case, he says, he gave thanks. So he worshipped God. He blessed God for his daily needs. Now, for young people, it's very easy because I can assume that in the next 24 hours, more than likely, you're going to go to the refrigerator. You're going to open up that refrigerator, and you're going to grab something either hard or liquid out of it D. You're going to go to the freezer maybe tonight and get yourself some ice to put in your soda or maybe to get some ice cream out of there. You're going to go to the cabinets and pull something out of the cabinets. And how many of you have more than one refrigerator in your house, one in the lanai, one in the garage, one in the carport, or maybe then, of course, one in the kitchen? You all have that. I have that. Someone told me that if Matson went on on strike and these other guys went on strike, we only have about 10 days worth of food to be able to, to fulfill everybody's need on this island. And I'd like to say that's a bunch of bunk because I think we have plenty of food in our refrigerators and our cabinets and all the rest. We need to have a thankful heart. Thankful that someone grew it. Thankful that someone brought it to us. Thankful that we got a job. Thankful that we had the brains to work that job. Thankful that someone paid us. Thankful that we saved our money to buy the food. Thankful for the person who purchased it, prepared it, provided it. This list goes on and on. All right, let's go to number two. So we need to thank the Lord for our daily needs and that they can be met. And I'm so grateful for them. Food, clothing, shelter. Number two, spiritual worship can be meaningful. This was interesting too. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. In some translations, it said, and he thanked God for it, or he thanked. He was thankful for it. And he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and he did what? He gave thanks. Who did he give thanks to? God the Father. This was a a part of spiritual worship, and it can be very, very meaningful. And so let me pause and talk about this for just a moment. If some of you are having the opportunity to slow your life down, and you're able to worship the Lord, besides just the daily basic needs to survive, which would be food, clothing, and shelter, all right, then you can thank the Lord for all the little things that help enhance your worship. In this case, they had a little bit of juice, a little bit of the uh, unleavened bread, and then they had the objects of which to put that in, and then he's taking this moment and he's thanking God. And what I'm really going to say now is this since that whole story is about the illustration of the body and the blood of christ that was to show the lord's death until He comes what he's really thanking god for is the worship of god himself and he in god thanking god for this opportunity to be a sweet smelling sacrifice to god it's a form of worship so when you are up here singing when you are out there singing whatever kind of music you might be having for just a moment just say lord i worship you i want to thank you for you. Meaningful worship, a time to really reflect on good, on God and how good he is. Let's look at number three, prayers can be heard. Now, this gets real practical. The other is maybe a little out there, but this one is very specific. If you recall the story, there was a man by the name of Lazarus, one of Jesus' friends, might have been one of his better friends. He died. And so now he's raising him from the dead, and he's getting in the process of doing that. So he shows up where Lazarus is in the tomb, and, and this is what he says. He said, Then took away the, then, take, then they took away the stone, after Jesus told them to do that, from the place where the dead man, Lazarus, was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And so I'd like to say prayers can be heard. Let me pause for a moment and let you interact with us a little bit. I don't have the time for you to talk out loud, but maybe you can uh, talk with your arms right now. How many of you, in the last month, you had a specific need that you went to the Lord and you said to the Lord, Lord, I need whatever, fill in the blank. And you specifically asked God for that need, and he met that need. Whether it's money almost to the penny or to the penny of it, a job that you needed, a, an issue or a problem to get out of a health issue that was resolved and cured, something that God did when you went to him and you prayed and you got an answer to prayer that, watch this, that you knew only God could do it. You didn't pray, but you manipulated the audience of your friends by telling them what your need was, and then they kind of came in and came alongside you. I mean where God knew about it, and you knew that God was the one who heard it and answered it. Would you raise your hand right now? Okay. Now, this is where I wish I had more time to preach. This is where you preach to us. You're the sermon, not me. You now tell us how that happened. Now, here's my bottom line. He said, I thank you, Father, that you've heard me. Do you know that this right here, that verse I just gave you, is the very first Bible question that I had as a new believer. Carol gave me my first Bible at Christmas. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John went to bed with their stockings on. No, no. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I read John. And now I'm in John 11. And I'm thinking, wait, Jesus is God? Why in the world does Jesus ask God the Father to do something that Jesus already knew, why did he pray to to the Father? He's God. Isn't that a legitimate question? A lot of people could ask that. The reason he's doing this is not because he has to arm twist his daddy in heaven. He is God. He did it as an example for the rest of us to show us what it means to be dependent, to show us how to thank God for other things. Now, what we need to do is to thank the Lord. Now, here's one little caveat, and I'll leave this point. Some of us have bought into the verse appropriately that says, ask, seek, and what? knock, okay? And your prayers will be answered. Some of you have been praying for something a long time, more than one time, and you finally got it answered. May I submit to you a suggestion that you might consider as much time as you spend asking God for that thing that he finally did for you, that you now spend that same amount of time in worship of thanksgiving for what he has done for you, so that you now recognize that he's not just some spiritual genie in a bottle that we rub and the more we rub and the harder we rub we're going to get an answer ah he popped out okay it's not about that because prayer is not asking and receiving it's building a relationship with him and so that's part of our thankfulness to the lord okay with that being said what are some things i could do to demonstrate thankfulness well by the power of god for the glory of god i should do this number one recognize the benefits which god and others have provided think about that Recognize the benefits which God and others have provided. Wouldn't it be neat if some of you would uh, have a family time this afternoon or tomorrow, maybe during your devotions, and make a list of all the benefits that God has provided you? Maybe it's come through others. Make that list and then say, Have I thanked God for that yet? Number two, find appropriate ways to express my appreciation. Does someone need a note, a gift, a card, an email? A hug, but have I expressed appreciation? Am I known for that? When people see and hear me, do they know to express appreciation? Now, if you don't mind, let me just pause for a moment. This is this I need to kind of cause some of you to relax because you're having heart palpitations now. Some of you might be thinking, What have I done for Pastor Stan and Carol recently? What have they done for me that I haven't sent them a note? I better get them a note out today. I have nobody in mind. I do care. We do not keep a record of anything, in fact. We owe you. You don't owe us. So don't take this person. This is not me using the, the pulpit as a bully pulpit for some of you that didn't express thankfulness. I couldn't even come up with a name or a person or event. I know you've done a lot for us. I hope we've done a lot for you. Whether or not you thank us, we didn't do it for you anyway. We didn't do it to be thanked. We did it because of the joy we already received in whatever we did for whomever we did it. All right? Because it was all done for his glory. All right, number three, make it a habit to express thankfulness for the many things In life, others tend to take for granted. So what you might want to do is have a conversation with your son or your daughter and say, what are some of the things that people take for granted in life? And let's make sure we don't do that. And let's see that everything we have is from the Lord, even the breath that we have. We call that common grace. Let's look at the last one here. This is an important one. By the power of God, for the glory of God, I should learn to have an attitude of gratitude. And that's the word after the blessing. That's pretty easy. When someone does something, it's easy for me to say thank you. You can always do that. Someone, I, I got a surfboard and, um, that someone had under the house, and I, I needed to get it repaired, but I didn't have time to get it to be repaired. And my friend Neil said, I'll take your board for you, and I'll get it repaired. So I have an old, Oli board now that's sitting at the house, all repaired, ready to go. And I haven't had the chance to hit the South Shore swells this week. So I got that board all fixed up. But I can thank him afterwards. He did that for me. But that's easy to do because that's kind of a kind of a trigger they did something say thank you why do i do that because mama told me to that's easy look at the next one and then it says before the blessing it's a little bit more difficult Before you receive the blessing, what you're really saying, Lord, I want to thank you that you've allowed this challenge to come into my life, and I don't know how it's going to be answered just yet, but whatever it is, you are a God of mercy and grace, and it's always good for me that I'm experiencing this right now. I want to thank you for this. Now give me the wisdom on how to deal with it. So that's beforehand. That's an attitude of worship. And then lastly, it says here, and during the battle, which is the most difficult, sometimes you're right in the midst of it. Some of you will find out in the next month maybe that you have a lump where you shouldn't have a lump. Some of you, and I pray it doesn't, but some of you are going to experience the loss of your job. I'm not a prophet. I'm not trying to bring Satan in on your world in any way. It's reality ranch in today's economy. And when it hits, I know it's hard to be thankful when you're in the midst of doing this. But I want you to know that this message is still to give you a sense of worship. Now, why? 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 Because God permitted it, God prescribed it. It is all about a loving God. And so what you're going through right now, you experience the love of God so you can express your gratefulness to God. And that's harder to do. I know it's the most difficult. Sometimes I think we're, always, we either, we're either coming out of a battle, we're heading into a battle, or we're in a battle. But wherever we are, it's an attitude that we have to express to the Lord. And I, I hope that'd be the case. I'm reminded of the verse that says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's some simple verse. Thank you for the victory. You know where that's said? In a passage of Scripture where people are dying and it says, When someone dies, we who know Christ, we can thank the Lord for victory over death that we have. I hope you have that. The next time it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. God says that I am fragrance to God because of Christ in me. That's upward. That's upward. But now his fragrance to others is the knowledge of Christ that is in me that I express everywhere I go and I stay thankful. And I hope that we could say that. And last, and I'll close with this verse, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. This is a time for us now to take a moment and really reflect on how good God has been to all of us. Here is the first thing I'd like you to do with your heads bowed and your eyes closed in a contemplated spirit of worship. My desire is that you would receive Christ as your Savior because the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. To as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God. That gift of God, eternal life. He that has the Son has life, all wrapped up in Christ. Now that's his gift to you. It cost him the death of his only son. But he's going to give it to you freely, not based on whether you've earned it or deserved it, because we do neither. But now you want to receive that gift of, of grace, that gift of mercy, that gift of forgiveness, that gift of eternal life, that gift of Christ. You take that gift. It's hard to receive that gift because we want to do something for it. But no, all we got to do is receive it. And how we do it is we say to the Lord, Lord, I'm trusting you as the one who forgives me of all sin. To as many as received him, to them gave he right to become the children of God to those who believe on his name. So you do the receiving when you do the believing in Christ. It's not based on your works. If you do not receive Christ, no matter what kind of a grateful life you might have lived, you'll die separated from him for all eternity because you did not receive the gift of eternal life. And I hope you have. Now, once you've done that, what your response could be is a life that's different now. Not to get into heaven... Not to stay going to heaven, but as a way to say, Thank you, Lord. So your whole life is a thank you note to God for Him saving you and giving you eternal life. How hard is that? Now I'd like to pray for you. Is there anyone in here today that's now ready on their journey? How many are on their journey that are now ready to say, I am a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. I've broken the commandments. I've broken the moral law of God. I don't deserve heaven. But God says he'd still forgive me of my sin through Christ and He rose again from the dead and I'm trusting him to forgive me of my sin. How many of you would say, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. And now you'd like for me to pray for you. Now let me make this clear. Me praying for you won't get you into heaven. We will not have you stand up nor come forward. In a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand, but every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Getting into heaven is very much a personal thing between you and the Lord. In fact, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, when you called upon him before you raised your hand, you are already a Christian that very moment. Now, this is kind of post-salvation. This is now where you're letting me know that, and I'm going to pray with you as a friend, and I won't mention your name in my prayer or describe you or embarrass you, but I want to welcome you with my prayer into God's forever family. And I want to thank God that today was the day that it all came together for you and you were born again. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anyone in here today that would say, man, I am thankful. I know Jesus died and I want to thank him for his indescribable gift of eternal life found in Christ. I want to thank you. I can't even describe the fact that my sins are forgiven. My guilt is gone. I'm heaven bound even though I don't deserve it. Now, pastor, my hand is up. Do you see it? I'm asking you to pray for me as I, too, am excited about being in God's forever family. Is there anyone? Put up your hand right now. Is there anyone at all that today is trusting Christ as your Savior? Okay. For the rest of you who know Christ as Savior, some of you that struggle with being thankful is because you have your expectations so high that people will never be able to reach them all. They'll never be able to do enough for you. They'll never be able to give you enough. They'll never be able to provide enough for you. Your expectations are so high, so you live in a world of bitterness and criticism and feeling like uh, the, uh, like the whole world is coming down around you or nobody likes you. Reduce your expectations right now, renounce your pride. And now recognize the greatness of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is in control, He loves you. Whatever He does is to bring glory to Him and and in many ways to add special value to your life as you now become a sweet fragrance to God the Father and now his knowledge to the world becomes a sweet fragrance on behalf of God to the world. How many of you would like to have prayer today because this message impacted you that you have been sliding a little bit away from an attitude of gratitude It's more than just giving thanks. It's giving thanks with a grateful heart. And you'd like to have prayer. Would you slip up your hand? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done for us. To say thanks and even to live a thank you life, it seems to be so small, so little, compared to the great gift that you've given to us. All the blessings that we have in Christ the future that we have in heaven. Help us as dads to raise our sons and our daughters to be grateful by ourselves modeling a grateful heart. Help our ladies here to be grateful women and wives and mothers and professional women realizing that Father that you've done many things to give them the freedom that we have in this country that they don't have in others. Help us Father to realize that you are a sovereign god and that, Father, whatever we have, every good gift we have comes from above, and every good gift should have a grateful heart when it's received, and we have that for you. Now, help us, Father, to be a church that does not have the missing jewel from worship, which is gratefulness, nor to be a church that has the missing jewel of worship in its midst. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Ninety four point nine FM AM950, the Word. You've been listening to Stan Ponds and make it clear. Have it for your Monday through Friday at the same time at 5 30 in the afternoon. Let them know that you listen right here. You can find all the information on this local Orlando ministry. All of it is right there at the 556. I'm Alan Dempsey. And here at the Word, we are proud to be teaming up once again with Focus on the Family. It's a three-day movie event going on now through the 5th of October in many theaters right here in Central Florida, the true story of Charles Mully, a young 6-year-old in Kenya living on the streets. He grew to wealth and power, but risks everything on his journey to save one child at a time. Just go to the word Orlando.com type in keyword Mully, and purchase tickets for this exclusive movie event today Tomorrow and again on the 5th of October. From Focus on the Family at 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Spiritual Oxygen is next at 6,
4: where faith comes by hearing. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity if you have over $100,000 in available assets until you receive your customized income for life quote from next-gen annuity strategy pioneer, J.D. Melberg. These quotes use little-known strategies to show you how you may get up to 33% more income in retirement. Using J.D. Melberg Financial's exclusive next-gen strategies, John, 58, will get $36,000 of guaranteed income per year from his retirement savings, and Mary, 62, over $9,000 per year. They'll never run out of money, no matter how long they live. So grab a pen right now because we're about to offer you your free income for life quote using little known strategies we believe you should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-201-7676 now to receive your free income for life quote with our exclusive next-gen annuity strategies from a JD Melberg insurance licensed agent. Call 800-201-7676. That's 800-201-7676. Increased income is possible following a specific strategy suited to your financial goals. Annuity guarantees rely on the financial strength of the insurance company. Hypothetical examples not available in all states. Results vary.
0: We've all experienced it. The aggressive salesperson intent on closing a sale, pressuring you to sign on the dotted line, trying to convince you that you've made the best possible deal, when in reality, you have not yet made up your mind. This is Ron Traczynski of The Original Mattress Factory, where we never close a sale. We let our customers do that themselves. We encourage our customers to take their time to try every mattress in our showroom until they find the one that suits them best. We don't hover over you, But we're nearby to answer your questions and help out. When you have found the mattress that you want, we don't pressure. It's just not our style. We simply ask, do you have any questions? We let our customers decide when they are ready to buy. It takes all the tension and anxiety out of buying a mattress, which is one of the most important purchases you can make. And we save you hundreds of dollars over the national brands. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. Check us out at originalmattress.com. The countdown is on to the Pastor's Appreciation Lunch, October 26th. Pastors, if you haven't registered yet, go now
1: to thewordorlando.com. See you there.
5: Have you ever thought how you will be remembered when God calls you home? Death is a reality we all face but do not want to think about. American Family Funerals and Cremations can guide you in preparing for such a time and allow your family to celebrate your life. Hi, I'm Alan Treba, owner and licensed funeral director. We are a local family-owned funeral home in Central Florida that works as a ministry of caring. Take the stress off your loved ones and allow our family to take care of your family. American Family is becoming the source in the Christian community for funeral services, as we are mostly referred by pastors and churches. Those who know us know how we care for people, know how we put God first in everything we do, and know how we make every effort to help you in these times allow our family at American Family Funerals and Cremations to show you what makes us different. Call 407-339-0070. Again, 407-339-0070. From the Philotowski LASIK Institute Studios, this is 94.9 FM and AM 950.
3: The Word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing.
1: Hi, everyone. Pete